0: Welcome to Detox for Vibrant Health. I'm your host, Jessica Green, board-certified integrative nutrition health coach, detoxification specialist and former sustainable building expert. This show is all about detoxing your body, mind and environment so you can have the optimum vibrant health you want. Thanks for joining me today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. Today I have Nicola Lucy uh, on our show and Nicola is a shamanic shadow work practitioner. She's the creator of the one-on-one shadow walking process and the founder of the Feminine Principle. Coined a soul doula, Nicola supports women to redefine the relationship they have with themselves, others, and Mother Earth so that they can live an empowered and embodied lives full of purpose, possibility, and wonder. Thank you so much for being here today, Nicola.
1: Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a real pleasure.
0: Well, I'm so excited to have you on today. And, uh, you know, just to let listeners know, the topic of today's conversation will be about detoxing emotional blockages and um, understanding what they have to teach us about unresolved wounding and trauma and conditioning that we've been exposed to. And so, this is such an important topic uh, to cover, such an important piece in the whole healing process to create vibrant health. And so I'd love to just start out. I'm sure people are really interested in how you became a shamanic practitioner and a shadow work specialist. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with us a little bit about your journey. Um, And I know it starts pretty young. So go ahead and and start as early as you'd like to. I'm, I'm really interested in hearing the story.
1: Okay, so I uh, was born in the UK. I was born to a 19-year-old young woman. And a couple of years after I was born, um, she decided that um, she would give me up for adoption. And anyway, so to save me from a life in care, my maternal grandmother um, stepped in and she got legal custody of me. And so what was really fascinating and was growing up I never kind of fit in I was different so you can see me you know I am literally the black sheep of my family every single person in my family is white as white as the driven snow and um, so I never fit in I never fit in school I never fit in my environment I was the only dark girl in my community in my family Mm -hmm. And so growing up, trying to find out who I was, and, you know, as I hit um, Menarche, you know, at the age of 14, at 13, it was one of those moments for me where the driving question was, you know, who am I as a woman? You know, who am I as as a woman and as a sexual being? And who am I between these two women of mother? You know, one who... um, sacrificed her life um, to nurture me into being, while another one chose a different path. And so finding my way between those two women and navigating, you know, that whole kind of rising sexual energy that we all have from that age, well, not that we all have it, but it's there, it's present within us and through our bleed. Um, really started to become pronounced and so that was been that has been my quest and that took me through um, a degree in psychology which did not satisfy <laughs> my journey at all because um, psychology in you know taught at university kind of was missing the whole feminine was non-existent and this was exactly what I was searching for so I left there more disillusioned than ever even though I took women's studies which was even quite interesting because it was all focused on you know feminine you know the feminist movement of the 1980s and let's burn our bras and let's be like men and and so I left very disillusioned so then I continued my own path and then you know finding out as I got older about being a mother you know and I didn't want to be a mother yet I conceived and so I went down the path of you know abortion which was really really challenging and um, but I knew that I didn't want to be a mother and but it still created this uh, conflict in me, you know because as women we are conditioned to be the mother and so it actually manifested that um, after an abortion, I started to suffer really greatly. And I developed something called um, PMDD, which is pre-menstrual dysphoric disorder. And it's practically where you lose your mind for 14 days of your cycle. You really walk that thin line between sanity and insanity um, to the point where you just have no control over your emotional, mental state. Um, And it's all connected with your cycle. And obviously, you know, my only options when I sought professional help was to have um, HRT and to go on antidepressants, to suppress. And I knew that I just didn't want to go down that route. I thought there has to be another way. This is my body. There's something happening in my body that is calling for my attention. And so I decided to... um, get in touch with my body to listen to my body and i just simply did that by tracking every single day exactly how i was feeling um and then i could then start to see the patterns in my cycle so when it would start to peak and when it would subside and then the emotions which were most dominant you know which was depression anxiety um, suicidal thoughts, um, rage, you know, these were the most dominant um, emotions which I was having to fight with, basically. And so from there, I was then able to identify natural medicines um, to help me ease those, um, because, you know, I needed to ease them so I could come back into some sort of balance and control over what was happening to me. And so going through that process really helped me to start to um, understand myself as a woman, you know, and that I was so much more um, than what I'd been conditioned to believe and that I was these emotions, these emotions were surfacing for a reason. And anyway, it wasn't until a few years later, after I'd obviously, you know, I'd created balance from that and I was able to continue and move on with my life, um, that my mom, my grandmother, she got sick. She developed Alzheimer's, and so I had to go back to the place where I was born. And what was really interesting was that this was a major life transition for me. And so it coincided with me meeting um, this amazing guy from the States, Ben Stewart. And you know, he'd he'd done a few videos on YouTube, and you know, this alternative kind of thinking um, way. Anyway, um, we invited him over to do a talk. And anyway, to cut a long story short, he introduced me to this amazing shamanic practitioner in the UK, suggested that I get in touch with her. And I did. And from that moment, everything that we talked about just completely and utterly resonated with who I was and what I was facing and what I was going through. And so um, I did a Google search. good old Google um, and everything just kind of fell into place and I found the place that I was going to study down in uh, Wimborne in the the UK and I signed up straight away it was my calling I knew it Um, and it was all to do with um, soul retrieval you know so my first training was soul retrieval and I went um, simply for selfish reasons um, because I went to do this training because I was, I, was, I was a web designer, you know, I was, I was working in an industry. Um, I was a UX designer from a business school. And so I went um, to do this training because something about soul retrieval was just really calling to me. And I knew that I was deeply wounded from the abandonment and my whole relationship with motherhood. And, and I needed to find something that I was missing, you know, I've never, not knowing who I was, was really crucial. Who am I? Something is missing inside of me and I don't know what it is.
0: Can I, so pause I just one second? I just want to make sure that, you know, the term soul retrieval might be really new to some of the listeners. And you're hinting at what this is. Can you just quickly define what that is for people so that they get a little bit of a better sense for what you're talking about? Yes, of course. Thank you. And so
1: Um, So soul retrieval is basically a a shamanic healing method where we, as a a shamanic practitioner, we journey with our guides and our teachers and our allies beyond the veil. So we alter our state of consciousness to go and look for the missing or the fragmented aspects of a person's soul, which had been lost as a result of wounding trauma or conditioning that we have been exposed to. And so this is the practice of soul retrieval. And so I went for my own personal needs, but then it's a workshop, (laughs) you know, it's a training. So when it came to me actually doing the soul retrieval for somebody else, that was when something opened inside of me that I never ever would have expected. Because in that moment I tapped into, wait a second, this is a huge responsibility. You know, you are being given permission to enter into and work with such a delicate piece of wounding or trauma and an essence of somebody's soul. And this is like the highest piece of, like the most holiest work that anybody could be given. And in that moment, I was shocked because I was like, I I can't do this. You know, that's too much of a responsibility but it had opened inside of me and i knew that there was no turning back because something had called me there and so i did i stepped into it and it was the most um powerful um healing and awakening moment of my entire life and i just knew that i'd found my calling and so that was uh the beginning and uh the rest is kind of history um but it's kind of evolved from there because That's when I came into my own work, that all my training, so I went to do a very intensive training then, but all of my training, besides working on the level of soul, was very much understanding the fragmented soul, and also uh, understanding the deep workings of the psyche, which is everything that I wanted to learn in university, you know, and it wasn't just what we see on the surface, it was everything that was hidden in the unconscious. And the more deeper that I went into it, the more I explored the human being and, you know, our emotions, the intelligence of our body and how our our unconscious is literally manifesting our day to day reality. And if we don't engage with um, the human body and we don't have a relationship with it, then we will keep reacting to our external circumstances and recreating the same patterns over and over again. And so this was an area that just opened to me and I found that I was just, you know, just amazingly in my element in it. So I was given the gift to nurture and this is now what I do with women.
0: That is amazing. That's an amazing story. Um, Such a, um, such a journey of exploration and revealing uh, parts of yourself uh, and to be able to come to this place where everything started to come together finally for you where oh wow this is really powerful and oh my gosh I'm being called to do this work with other women and I, I love that you kept seeking until you found you know w- what it was that you really wanted to do with. Your work um, and the work itself is really powerful too, and this really leads into our topic for today. Because, um, you know, I know that just in my own work, that uh, many of my clients uh, have physical ailments, physical um, uh, challenges, and and emotional challenges that they're going through. And, uh, but that's, that's not necessarily something that they come to me for. They might come to me thinking, I just want to be healthier. I want to lose some weight. I want to feel younger. And I do feel icky and I'm not sure why, but when you start to dig in, when I started to dig into many of their backgrounds, asking all these questions from when they were born up until today, start to see things pop up. Uh, the unresolved trauma, the stress, the stories, those negative stories or negative beliefs that they tell themselves, and you mentioned the unconscious mind, and I know from uh, from from some of my learnings that you know we we kind of construct this unconscious mind uh, up until I think we 're almost like twenty six years old before we fully just come into our now we're totally present right and all along the way uh these stories are um being embedded in our unconscious mind it might be something that somebody tells us it might be something that we observe and and then they become a part of this sort of um program that we're running on sort of like this background like the hardware or something that that we're running on and we might not even be aware of it and um yeah so this is all really just super interesting and fascinating and uh why you're on today you know we're talking about uh detoxing um these negative emotions these negative beliefs really understanding these traumas in our lives and how they impact our physical bodies today and our emotional state today so with that, I'd really love to hear you talk a little bit more about how you see this um, you know, emotional trauma manifesting in uh, physical ways. And then I'd like to take us through how someone can start to resolve some of that trauma to start to improve their physical health and emotional health.
1: Well, yes, because the emotions, you know, they are what make us human. We are continuously reacting and responding to our world, our external world through the emotions. And if we think about emotion, it's just energy in motion. And so we have this whole range of emotions that we can feel in, you know, in literally just one minute, we can go from happiness to sadness, to anxiety, to panic, to fear. We can, we can experience it all in one go. And what the most fascinating thing is is that obviously, from a very young age, but well, really from the moment that we are born, you know we we are fully dependent on other people, um, nurturing us, feeding us, caring for us, giving a hope, giving us a home, safety, stability, security, and so we are completely dependable, and therefore we are being molded by the people around us. And not even from the moment that we're born, but going right back even to being in the womb, because we are sensory beings, so we are feeling the emotions of the mother. We feel what she is feeling, even though we have no idea how to explain those feelings or, you know, interpret them intellectually. And even now, you know, we can get to our forties and still not be able to uh, be able to explain how we're feeling emotionally. Or intellectually so you know we have been experiencing emotion right back from that point however nobody has actually um, shown us or taught us how to work with these emotions because as we've started to grow in our infancy and these emotions have arisen because basically all we've needed is our needs to be met you know, we're going through that developmental stage. So we don't know what our needs are. We just need, we just know that we need this and we need it now. <laughs> we don't know any other reason behind it. But then we are told, no, um, yes, but later, and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. So we are then being conditioned on how to feel. And so when we Go through you know having a tantrum for some reason you know we all know those tantrums of the terrible twos and the terrible threes you know that's simply because we are trying to express something that we have no idea how to express because it's coming through the body but our, our the reaction of those around us has made it unacceptable or undesirable and if we behave like that then we will not be loved and we will not be cared for and that we have our sense of safety, security and stability threatened. Mm. So suddenly everything that we are, every, all of these emotions become trapped. They get suppressed and they go down into the body. So we, live, we have this amazing body which stores every single emotion and memory. Every trauma, every wound, every moment of joy, every moment of pleasure and happiness, it's all stored in the body. But if it's been repressed, you know, that needs to come out. It's energy which needs motion, it needs to be expressed. If it's not expressed, it stays stored in the body. So even as we start to grow up, how many times do we eat our own anger? Mm. How many times do we eat the fear? And we keep burying it over and over and over again. And so what happens is that the body needs us to listen. It's calling out saying, Hey, (laughs) this is triggering you now in your outside world. Look, the same relationship, different, uh, different guy or different person, different and a different person, same energy over and over again. We're repeating the same patterns because something hidden in our unconscious, which is relating back to the original wounding or trauma but we don't listen. We don't know how to listen to these things. And so the body is asking for our attention, but we are ignoring it. So the only way that the body can get our attention is to be sick because then it has our full attention. (laughs) But then as we know in the Western world, you know that, Oh, if we get sick, what do we do? We have been conditioned to seek help from the outside. So you know, we've been conditioned to go into that kind of Western medicine. You know, go to the doctors, go for the operation, go and stick all these pills down our throat without even knowing what's in them. But we'll just do it because somebody told us to do it, because that's what we've been told to do. And But what everything does is it keeps the core, the root, still repressed within us. And so obviously we might heal um, that part of the body which was sick, but it will just pop up somewhere else and it will pop up somewhere else until we actually decide to go in to the root, you know, with our psychic shovel and being in the body and experiencing the emotions to get there and to actually heal um, it and to feel it and to engage with it so that then we can become um, whole with it, you know, so we can integrate it so it no longer destroys us and eats in on, on itself. You know, we come back into right relationship with it uh, because we've actually gone in and gone to it, to its root, you know, which is the wounding or the trauma, the conditioning that created it in the first place.
0: Wow. That is so powerful. And you touched on something that is um, something that I am really cognizant about, something that I feel very strongly about too. And that is... Um, You you mentioned how when you get sick, the first response for someone is, go seek outside help. And not, not that that could be, you know, a terrible thing, but that really hands off the power of our body and our health to someone else who doesn't know us. Exactly. Right. They don't know our past. They don't know our history. They don't know every single thing that we're feeling and in conventional or I'll say allopathic medicine, you might spend 10 minutes with a doctor and that's not enough time to even describe all the stuff going on. You know, they take some vitals, they say, what's your worst symptom? Here is a pill to sort of aid it over, but you know, there's nothing, nothing. That's it. That's it. And, um, but this
1: is how we've been conditioned, you know, we have been conditioned to give our power away. And in the matter of health, you know, it's fundamental that somebody else can fix us. You know, so this is kind of, you know, who want to go into those wider spectrums without going too deep into it, but it's what's fed the pharmaceutical industry and, you know, why it's so big in today's world is because they keep, we keep giving them our power. And so therefore, you know, we have to learn how to take back control of our own power and, and our own bodies because nobody knows our body like ourselves. Mm. There's only us that knows our body. And therefore, when we learn to have a relationship with the body, we can learn so much more. And then that's when when we learn how to listen and we can say, Okay, well, my body does need um, to talk to somebody about diet about exercise, um, you know, maybe about the psyche or or going down that route. And then we bring into it the soul (laughs) because we are a soul having a human journey. And this is home to our soul. Our body is the home to our soul. So, you know, there's so many different layers to being human that treating just one aspect without looking at the whole, um, you know, is disempowering. And so this is, you know, where we, we are in today's world, helping to change that movement to bring people back home into their, into their bodies
0: and listen. Yeah, you make such an excellent point. You know, first, uh, taking back our power. And, and we are our strongest advocate for our own health and well-being. But also recognizing that there are... Um, potential team members yes. that could help us get our health back, right? We're exactly. all a part of a team and listening to, um, you know, it, it does make me think that even just, uh, you know, speaking with you, it reminds me that um, when we take back our power, we should also realize that we can say yes to a practitioner. Or say no to a practitioner and that's okay. Yes, Yes. they might be offended, but if they don't connect well with us, if they don't make us feel like we're supported in our journey towards health, then it's okay to say no and say, I don't think that we're a good fit. Exactly. And you know, it's interesting because yes and no
1: are two of the most powerful words in our dictionary, in our vocabulary. But yet, we don't know how to use them. And, you know, this also goes back to the emotional body. Because when we've said yes in the past, we've meant no. And when we've sent, said no in the past, we've meant yes. And so we, we all know this scenario, how it goes. And we regret it. So we've done so many things based on that wrong yes and that wrong no that when it comes to stepping into our power with other people, with other practitioners to say, look, let's form a partnership. We still sometimes come to it from that fear of, oh, I can't say no, therefore I have to. Mm. And so again, we're going back into that disempowerment. And, but, you know, with practitioners and, you know, this is where we all come in. It's about having that level of responsibility of, you know, asking the client. You know, putting the the um, the the power back into their hands and asking them, look, if you think or you feel that you really want to work with me, then please, I invite you to go back and sit with yourself, you know, for a day and really feel into it. And if it's a yes, come back. And if it's a no, it's absolutely fine. And we're not the right. I'm not the right person. And so I think as practitioners, it's about also understanding that we have to keep giving the power back to. Um, the clients, um, because that's where it all starts from. You know, if we're going to help um, the human race, or you know, even just our clients in whichever way to step back into having a relationship with themselves, then that's where it starts from. is empowering them to be able to make those decisions and say yes when they or when they
0: mean yes, and no when they mean no. Exactly. I, I love that. I'm just underline this um underlining it empowering empowering our clients empowering ourselves to um really be able to make us a, a decision right yes to make but, a decision because we have to make decisions
1: yes um, but we, we again we don't know how to make decisions because in the past when we've made decisions um you know they've come with kind of consequences or we've made, when we've made the right decision, we feel it. You know, we feel it in our whole energy system that wow, I've made the right decision because life changes and it changes for the better. It doesn't say, you mean to say that it comes; it's all love and roses. But we know that we've made the right decision. But then there's other times when we know that we've made an absolutely terrible decision, and and we have to live by that. And when we do make the wrong decisions we feel them emotionally and so those emotions again get trapped and so this is like with my own story with motherhood you know Mm. um not being able to um say yes to motherhood because of my own background and so going through the abortion route um you know feeling that energy and when it did come time to want to say yes I still could not say yes and so I went through with it and I I, it just destroyed me absolutely destroyed me and but and that's when my body reacted and said you know now we're going to get sick because you cannot keep going down this route making this wrong decision because you are sacrificing yourself over and over and over again and And that's when I uh, went back into it um, to find out, you know, why am I saying no when I want to say yes? How can I change this? And what is also at the root of it? Because obviously the abandonment was at the root of that decision. And But that abandonment, what I experienced, and all of the emotions that go through that, they're with you, you know, they're, they're ingrained in the body. So working through all those emotions to bring balance back into the body, it takes time. It's delicate work. It's not like going into surgery where we can just rip it out and put a plaster on it. You know, working with emotions is so delicate. And we forget that, you know, we are very delicate and emotional beings. We are women. We go through this amazing process every month called menstruation. So we we are chaos and we are emotional. But learning how to work with those emotions and what's buried beneath those emotions that we don't want to feel. Because they are a part of us. And so again coming back into relationship with them, stepping in and doing that delicate work with the self. I mean that's a beautiful gift. Any woman can give to herself. <laughs>
0: I, I love that. And, you know, when, um, when we introduced uh, today's topic of detoxing, uh, you know, negative emotions, detoxing uh, limiting beliefs and things of that sort, it sounds very, um, you know, it sounds very kind of abrupt and it sounds very, um, very strong, very harsh, very, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to do this right away. Right, and but you've brought up a really important point. Um, You know, this process doesn't have to be like that, and it's you know, and I know it takes it takes time. You know, I myself worked very hard for a year to get rid of some of these uh, negative beliefs, negative emotions, limiting beliefs, and stories that I kept telling myself. And, you know, I still have work to do, but it's, it can be a long process, but, you know, there's some things that I think, um, you know, we could start to shift some important shifts that we can make that um, can yield us uh, some results to get us in a better place so that we could do this deeper work. It kind of like how you were saying that you had found some natural remedies to help you get enough balance in your life so that you weren't having such crazy, you know, emotional feelings, ups and downs, um, so that you could start to do the important work, right? So, um, you know, because I really want people to walk away with this, understanding, yes, you know, your physical ailments, they're very likely tied to some emotional piece, some some negative beliefs or trauma or something like that what are some things that people can do uh, what are your top tips for people to start on right away so that they could get to that place where they could start to do that deeper work Um, so for example
1: you know stepping into a relationship with our emotions can in itself be very very triggering Because we all know how it feels to experience that moment of rage or that fury or the jealousy or even that deep, dark depression or grief or sadness. But then we also know how to experience those moments of happiness, even though when those happy moments come, we think, oh, yeah, things are a bit too good here. What's going to happen on the other side? So we're constantly living on that stress hormone going around us. Um, You know, so one of the uh, ways in which I always work with my own clients, you know, it's about just gently learning how to listen. And so, for example, you know, when we get triggered, you know, triggers is one of the most important tools in my eyes of shadow work, for example. So, you know, getting back into working with the emotion. But, you know, triggers are coming to us just to show us what is being suppressed in the body. And so when we get triggered, instead of, you know, reacting in the usual way that we react, it's just recognizing in that moment, oh, wait a second, I've been triggered. Mm. And just break, making a break in that and saying, oh, wait a second, I've been triggered. And then just exploring, even if it's just for a few seconds, okay, what was, what was being triggered in me? And we know straight away what was being triggered. Ah, yeah, um, fear. Um, I feel panic. I feel a lot of anxiety or depression. Or, you know, I was going to get really angry, you know, because I'm sick of doing all this for myself or whatever it is. And then just just by bringing the awareness to it, we are already starting to listen and build a relationship once again with the emotional body. Um, And then obviously you can step into it a little bit deeper, you know, because that person that triggered you or that aspect of your work that triggered you um, is not the first time that you've actually felt that trigger or that reaction. And so when we then start to go back and we can start to then see um, all the other instances in our life and our relationships where that exact same energy manifested, we can actually take it back to a point in our early childhood you know that was maybe triggering our lack of self-worth so you know we're, we're digging into and well we're gently revealing um the layers hidden in our darkness you know so when i talk about the darkness it's about what's hidden inside you know it's not about the darkness and the big scary monster in the cupboard um but you know just finding out okay where does this fear lead me to where does this panic Lead me to in my past. So gently we can get there, but only by listening and paying attention. And because the body is always communicating to us, you know. So another one is just listening to the body. You know, when we get sick, you know, if even if we have a headache or even if we have period of pains or You know, whatever ailment, whether it's an ailment that's coming and going or whether that's something, you know, deeply serious, like a disease or a disorder or something. But whatever it is, you know, asking the body, (laughs) we forget to ask the most simple thing. You know, we want to ask everybody else, okay, what why have I got this? What can I do about this? But we forget to ask the body. You know, like, okay, why have I got this headache? Please, can you show me? Okay, what's in this headache? And we'll, we can, if we listen, we can actually feel what's in the headache or in the period of pain or because there's always some emotion beneath it. And so asking the body, okay, why am I suffering like this? Why do I feel this? So gradually, we start to just gently build that relationship. And you know, what I've experienced over these years of working with women in practice, um, because, you know, understanding like the, the kind of the soul retrieval and the, um, you know, that psych, uh, that it's not really, well, psychoanalysis, but I'm, obviously I'm not a psychoanalyst, but, you know, learning, um, holding space for women to actually have these conversations from a place of the body, Allowing the body to talk rather than the mind. You know, the mind can come up with so much drama; it's unbelievable. <laughs> and the drama creates more emotion and more chaos. And it's like, just let's just quieten the mind for a moment, and let's allow the body to talk. Where does the body want to take us? And the the exploration that the woman does is so powerful because we, we are just the guides for them, and you know, to hold the space for. But their body to tell the story of what it needs to work on or what needs to be revealed or what needs to be healed and integrated because the body always knows, (laughs) always. Um, But we don't give it any credit. We just ignore it. We think, Oh my God, I'm just so sick of my body and my body's doing this and my body's doing that. But wow, what an organism, (laughs) this vibrant, intelligent organism. Why wouldn't we want to listen to it? (laughs)
0: yeah i i think you hit a nail on the head right there you know we talked earlier about how we've given our power away uh for our own health to someone else who doesn't know our body and it, it's kind of like we've been treating our and this is so common and it's no we're just conditioned for this right um You know, it's kind of like we imagine our bodies is just needing a tune-up. So we go to the doctors, like a car, taking a car to get a tune-up. I'll just go in for my yearly exam to kind of get a a bit of a tune-up. It's like our body is for somebody else to listen to, right, and maintain. And what you've really hit on here is that, no, our our body is um, immensely intelligent. It has so much to tell us, and it's doing its darndest to tell us things. And we just don't listen, and we keep not listening. It's like, oh, the migraines, and then autoimmune conditions, and then cancer, and then we're still not listening. And yeah, it's um, if the only thing that people took away today was to listen to their body very carefully, and then to ask the question, what are you trying to tell me? What is this trying to tell me? And we are such intuitive beings and that's, and and we know more than we give ourselves credit for.
1: Oh yes, we are powerful beyond belief. I mean, we are super sensitive, you you know, part of our femininity is being um, sensitive, receptive, intuitive. But yet we only use a very small percentage of those gifts. And so the more that we learn to listen, we can then hear. And so just a quick story I'd like to share with you, um, you know, but I think that it's so it's just so relevant. Like last year, for example, I developed um, Shatica sciatic nerve, you know, so the, it was pushing and like, totally trapped. I was completely and utterly disabled. I could not move. I could not walk. I could not do anything. And, you know, the first reaction, because I was in so much pain, was to reach for the painkillers, just to get myself some stability. <laughs> but, you know, after 24 hours of taking these painkillers, which were not doing a damn thing, you know, and I just thought, okay, I'm just going to have to go into it. And so I had to go into the trapped nerve, you know. So I managed to get myself there slowly, gently, painstakingly with my attention and my awareness to get into the trapped nerve. And it took me days to find out what was trapped there. And what I discovered was a whole lifetime of resentment towards my father who had walked out on us. And that was actually then feeding into not being supported by the masculine, going right back through the ancestral line. And I've been carrying all of this resentment in my sciatic nerve. And so the more that I was able to understand this and work with it and listen to the story behind it and cry, you know, because again, the grief and the sadness and the anger were all mixed up in that resentment. But giving myself permission to go through that story, I was able to clear the the sciatica within three weeks, rather than it being an extended illness, simply because I, I chose to listen to my body to have a relationship with it and then obviously you know go go to the acupuncturist after (laughs) to just help me clear the rest of the energy but you know but just listening because it's there it has the information that we need and so yes listen hear what it's saying not just listen and say oh yeah it's that and then do nothing about it because then we have to engage and we have to listen to hear what the next steps are to help us find that resolution. And so, yes, whether that's on our own or with a practitioner, you know, but we know our way forward because we've listened Mm -hmm. Um, and we've done it empowered rather than disempowered.
0: Oh, that is such an excellent story. And, you know, I've, I've heard similar stories, um, and read about similar stories. And just, this is just illustrating and and emphasizing the fact that uh, we have so much more power than we give ourselves credit for. Yes. And our body is incredibly, incredibly intelligent and our mind is amazing and when we really focus in on something, when we really listen, we could do amazing things to help our bodies heal. And I, I love that you were able to dig in and find, uh, you know, what what is this pain that you're experiencing? What is that related to? And to be able to identify this this trauma and it's amazing how often we could bury things like that or just deny it or say oh yeah that happened and just sort of yes. shove it away <laughs> and your mind might say oh yeah it's all fine really I'm totally fine with it because I know I should be fine right but exactly but maybe maybe you just haven't worked through some portion of it as well so it's worth an exploration especially if you're starting to pick up on that while you're trying to focus in on why is this going on for me. Exactly. And, you
1: know, our wounds and our traumas, you know, so what I may call a trauma might not be, you might think, well, that's not a trauma, you know, so we can't even compare other people's tra- our traumas mm-hmm. to other people's, you know, because we all interpret what happens to us in very, very different ways. But I, no, nonetheless, we have been traumatized and we have been wounded and what actually becomes, what starts to be revealed is that the trauma or the wounding has many different layers, you know? So even going back to my own core wound of abandonment, you know, I've gone through so many different layers of that. And, you know, I don't even think that it will be completely resolved. I don't even know that it can be completely resolved because there's still always more to discover. But what actually happens at a certain point when you've got to one of the roots of it is that it becomes then a curiosity. It's like, oh, that's popped up again, I wonder why. So then we, we actually find the courage to go in because it comes from that place of, oh, what more can I find? Okay, yes, I am gonna have to probably go through a bit more grief and you know release more anger. But again, we are helping the body to release that energy. Because underneath all of that energy is our power, is our personal power, are our gifts and our strengths. And therefore, the more that we do work with the body to release these um, repressed emotions, the more that we discover more about ourselves. And this is absolutely priceless because that's who we are. All of our light and our ability to love and to enjoy life with pleasure and passion and everything—it's—it's it's there. It's just buried beneath everything that sat on top of it. And when we when we get a taste of that, that becomes the real addiction because it's like, oh my goodness, I want more. I want to taste more of who I am. And so we can then go through um, those repressed emotions. A bit more easier. We know that they're coming. I like to call it the honey and the sting, you know. So we will go through some of the sting, but then we will also be rewarded with the most beautiful honey on the other side, and that is life. You know, it's the balance between the honey and the sting. We can't have one and not the other, and so this is this is the work, Um, and it's all here, all here in the body.
0: That is that is amazing, and I. I love that. I love what you talked about with identifying triggers, just noticing triggers, Um, awareness, and listening. uh, Such powerful tools that we don't use often enough. And um, I'd, I'd really love to make sure people know how they could work with you, how to reach out to you, how to get more information about the work that you do. Uh, so if you could share a little bit about oh, how do you work with people, how can they find you and work with you?
1: And so I am the founder of the Feminine Principle, so the And on there you can find um, access to one-to-one work. And also I have a community called The Dark Womb. It's where we as women uh, we gather and we explore everything that is hidden in our psyche and our soul. Um, but in regards to the one-to-one work, it's basically the, the one-to-one shadow walking process. And, you know, I, I really love this work. And, you know, it's something that we've touched upon in this conversation. But, you know, I'm not the healer. <laughs> and I always have to kind of stress this, you know, I'm not going to be the healer. And I'm not going to be the one that moddy that cuddles you and tells you everything's going to be all right and everything else this is just me holding space um, for women, you know, and I I do predominantly work with women, um, but holding space for them to get to know their body and allow their body to do the talking. And so it's really fascinating because it's not me going in and healing their fragmented, uh, fragmented soul. It's them going in and discovering where their soul has become fragmented and when they experience that and they have done it themselves okay i'm just holding space but they've done it they've been guided to wherever it is they need to go by their own bodies that is just something so beautiful and and it's just such a it's always a gift and an honor for me to be able to witness and so, yes, that is the shadow walking process. And, and yes, it's an honor to hold that space for women to know themselves, to come into their own bodies, um, And that's fascinating. So, yes, that's how you can find me. That's how you can work with me. And that's also how you can join in with other women and explore the magic and the mystery <laughs> that is hidden in the feminine principle that is us. You know, in the dark womb, we all come from the womb and so everything that we are also exists in the womb, Um, so it's a great exploration, I love it, I really do love it. Mm,
0: I can tell you really have a very deep, deep passion for the work that you do, and I'm so excited that you um, decided to come on the show with me today, and I'll be sure to add uh, in the show notes the ways that they could reach out to you. I'll have links to your website and to the how to work with you page and any other ways that they could uh, connect with you. I'm so excited to share this with everyone. And so thank you so much, Nicola, for joining me on today's podcast. Oh, thank you so
1: much, Jessica. It really has been a pleasure and such a beautiful energy of yours to connect with. So thank you, thank you for having me.
0: This concludes another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. Did you know that the role of a health coach is to help you identify and prioritize your health goals, set achievable actions and create accountability? To help encourage you to start taking responsibility of your health today, see the link in the show notes to book a call with me, and I look forward to supporting you. Have a fabulous day.